The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of the Heat Check, the preseason is now here, and it has begun with a bang with the Suns. The Phoenix Suns losing to, checks notes, the Adelaide 36ers. We talk about that. We also talk about what's happening in Charlotte. A lot of people are asking me, Trista, how come they aren't going in the bucket of dysfunctional organizations? You know what? Great fucking question. Now there's beef between Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kyrie Irving. Initially thought, you know what? I think that's a little get off my lawn. Look more into it. Feeling completely differently. More drama coming out of L.A. as per usual. And we'll also touch around a myriad of stories from around the league. We are back. We are back. So do me a favor, my man Nick, and drop that beat. So on TikTok, a fan of the Heat Check sent me a message with the following question. Why aren't we talking about the Charlotte Hornets as a dysfunctional team? That's a good question. You know what? I guess because they're not relevant in any way from a contending standpoint. But still, in terms of dysfunction function, what's your function? It's right up there. How come? Where is Miles Bridges? Does anyone know what his timeline is? Does, is there a timeline? Is there a timeline with the Hornets and Miles Bridges? Am I out of the loop? Because I feel like I don't know what's going on there. I have no idea. Is he, he was supposed to get the max contract. I don't think they've rescinded his offer. Who knows? But listen, when you've got your centerpiece outside of LaMelo Ball, your other centerpiece star going down for domestic violence against all kinds of folks, that's strike one. That's absolutely chaos. That was one of the things that was talked about most at Summer League is like, what's going to happen with Miles Bridges? Like, What's Charlotte going to do? And up until a few days ago, there was pretty much no news about him, right? Now we learn that his domestic violence case has been pushed back from September 29th to October 7th. That is the third time, folks, that has been postponed. Presumably, nothing's going to happen concerning his future until all of this is finalized. But I tell you what, it's a big time storm cloud over a franchise. We know that. Sports Illustrated reported the Bridges' status to possibly rejoin the Charlotte Hornets before the start of the season. Very much in doubt, obviously. Like, 
Yeah. Okay. Captain Obvious. There you are. Great reporting. And as his his whole career in the NBA as a whole. I mean, did you see the photos? Fucking obviously. The kind of risk that you face when you're not facing one but three felony counts, including two felony child abuse charges. So that's just one thing facing the Charlotte Hornets. The best thing, I think, about all of the issues and drama and chaos surrounding these NBA teams is they all have their own brand of fucked up. Like, every, there's not, like, a, an overarching theme this year. Each one, I mean, it's just kind of like dealer's choice. We've got, we've got isms, we've got abuse, we've got sexual misconduct, we, we have vulgar language, like Adam Levine, sexting. I, I imagine that's got to be one reason why no one's talking about the Hornets very much. Hornets also, other questions that they have to deal with. First, do we have clarity on why Kenny Atkinson decided to say no to the, the, the deal was in writing, the the ink was drying, and he decided last minute to pull a switcheroo. Does anyone know why, truthfully, like what really happened? Because I'd like to know. He chose to remain an assistant rather than take a head coaching job. Who does that? As Brian Windhorst would say, why would he do that? Very weird. What did he see? What came out? Maybe it was Miles Bridges. Who knows? I need clarification. It's very, very rare that an NBA franchise is left at the altar by a potential head coach. Another question looming. Where is Gordon Hayward? What's happening with him? He was a huge part of the offseason rumor mill and just nothing. He was supposed to go to Brooklyn maybe, maybe Utah for picks. Apparently staying put in Charlotte. And Gordon Hayward, he's a good player. Always injured. And which is why being ruled out for the first preseason game is hardly surprising, but also problematic. Knee injury again, acting up. And if you're a Hornets fan, for the amount of money that they've paid him, that's got to be concerning. Coming out of the late, late offseason when you're supposed to be at your healthiest, the fact that you're getting a late scratch, coming off of a glorified scrimmage, I would put that in the category of rut row. Third, at one point, I didn't even remember who the head coach of the Hornets is at this very moment. Think to yourself, do not Google this. Who's the head co- coach of the Charlotte Hornets right now? Yeah, who is he? Venture a guess. Is he young? Is he old? Has he ever coached before? These are all questions that I couldn't remember. It's Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford. If you're saying to yourself, wait, didn't he already coach the Charlotte Hornets? Yes, he did, folks. He also coached the Orlando Magic. He's partying like it's 2016 all over again. Second time around for good old Cliff, who probably shouldn't have been the fall guy for the Orlando Magic because, truthfully, as bad as he is and was, he still figured out a way to make Vucevic look serviceable enough where the Chicago Bulls paid four first-round picks for him. So he was doing something right. He didn't make him look like as much of a defensive liability as he is in Chicago. They gutted the magic, like the fishing tournament director on TikTok who sliced open those fish only to find lead weights in their bellies. Like, it was like that, right? Clifford coached, in case you want a little history lesson, he coached the Hornets from 2013 to 2018. He knows Mike. 
he knows this organization. That At that point was his very first head coaching job. And yet, still, he chose to come back after being fired. Isn't this kind of like being dumped by your high school girlfriend who leaves you for another guy and then, then she dumps him just for the chance to date Kenny Atkinson and then when Kenny Atkinson bolts, she comes back and is like, it's always been me and you, you know? Like, hey, baby, what you doing? W-I-D on the late night tip. It's, it's ever, I can't stop thinking about all those good times that me and you had back in Chuck's Notes 2014. What? Steve Clifford came home to Charlotte. What does it mean? Probably a lot of LaMelo Ball. Probably not much Gordon Hayward. Probably a lot of Kelly Oubre chucking. But honestly, that could have been any coach except for Kenny Atkinson. He would have not let that stand. No shot. Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran, no. Jalen Duran's a Detroit Piston. Mark Williams looking around, thinking, what have we gotten ourselves into? The Charlotte Hornets, folks, you're right. They should be in the bucket of most dysfunctional organizations. I am sorry I didn't bring them up. They don't exactly come top of mind. about the Phoenix Suns preseason game where they lost to a team I had never heard of before today, the Adelaide 36ers. I'm sorry, was I supposed to know them? Was that, am I not up on my international basketball hoops? I don't know. At that point, I guess I'm just not plugged in enough. They didn't, though, just get beat. They got thrashed. 134 20, 124. What if it was 134 24? 134 124 in Phoenix. That would have been like the Mavs game. <laughs> 134 24 is the first half score of game seven in the Mavs. It's caused, though, this beatdown against the team none of us, I don't think, knew. It's caused a lot of Suns fans to feel like the, the roof is crashing in. It's already a train wreck. This is just the next sign of it. And you can understand why. You've got a head coach, Monty Williams, hasn't talked to his star center, DeAndre Ayton, since uh, June, May. May, June, somewhere in there. You have an integral player of their success, Jay Crowder, who wanted an extension, wanted to start. Now he's not around the team, wants to be traded. You have your team owner. We've already rehashed this. We'll do it again. Robert Sarver, just a generally bad guy. Just misogynist, racist, and a man of faith, of course. Um, and not much is going right for the Phoenix Suns, to be honest. But to me, coming off of my monastery trip, I want to look at the bright side here. This isn't about the Suns losing to an NBL team. It's about an NBL team beating the Suns. Because that is something different. When you think about it in terms of how Australia is feeling at the moment, they have got to be feeling pretty hyped up. Australian basketball, here. Like, here, here. It was probably here when LaMelo went over there. 
to get himself seasoned and become the number two overall pick? Three, three, two. It was Ant Edwards. It was James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. Number three. They are balling down there. People are finally starting to notice. We're not talking about just Patty Mills and Ben Simmons and Josh Giddy and Joe Ingles and Dyson Daniels. We're talking about the quality of the competition of the NBL as a whole. There's Australian pro hoops, and they have come a long way. And that shows, right? Because I have never heard of the 36ers, which is the, a very hilarious bootleg name for the 76ers. Former Memphis Tiger Craig Randall, former Washington State star Robert Franks, lit up the Suns for 67 points combined. And by the way, the Sun starters all played. If you're wondering, oh, well, maybe they were just, like, sitting on the bench and we had, like, Campaign and Landry Shamet out there. No. All Sun starters played a minimum of 22 minutes. Even Monty Williams said after the game he didn't give his opponents enough respect. It's kind of like Game 7. But He'll be getting it now, though. He'll, they'll be rolling into OKC to play against Giddy. They'll be playing the Pelicans against Dyson Daniels. This is going to be... These are going to be games that everyone in Australia is going to tune in for now. At least they feel like, oh, well, we have a shot. Last remaining problem, though, in terms of why we maybe don't know about this game. Logistics. Only seven, if you can believe it, seven NBA teams sent scouts out to that game. It's called the Blitz. Why? Why did only seven come? That's what she said. It was held in Darwin, which apparently is next to impossible to get to. As ESPN reported, some NBL teams didn't even send executives to the Blitz because of how much of a hassle it was to get to the Northern Territory. Australian teams wouldn't even send their scouts out there. Why would you put this game in the middle of remote territory? Just for fun, because I have so much time on my hands. I checked in on a ticket to see what it would be like to get to Darwin. First of all, cheapest cost of a ticket, 3K. Second of all, quickest transit time that I could get out of Washington, D.C. was three days, including 36 hours and 30 minutes of flight time, plus all of the time you're sitting around airports in your connecting flights. I mean, this could be in the middle of nowhere. This is like Tasmania. But the bottom line of all this is that don't feel bad for the Suns. Feel happy for these 36ers. I can't even get their name right. I almost said 76ers again. They could very well be a train wreck, but it's not because they lost to this NBL team. Australian pro basketball, no joke. And now NBA fans are just, I think, starting to realize it given the fact that it's trending right now. like we're always going to be talking about Brooklyn. I want to stop it. I, I look through the news and I, and I scratch out. As soon as I see the name Kyrie, as soon as I see the name Durant, as soon as I see the name Brooklyn, I try to just delete it. But this one, this one caught my eye. This time it deals with, I mean, it's always Kyrie, isn't it? If it's not Kevin Durant just wanting out, it's Kyrie. He's in the news due to what's popping in Los Angeles. More on that in a second. 
But today, Kyrie is trending on social media for another reason altogether, connecting to Los Angeles as well. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And let's be honest, like, if you watch Winning Time, you know Kareem's got a very high sense and standard for what the role of an athlete should be. He even imparted that on Magic to the, to the point where he was mad at Magic for smiling all the time. So when I read this story, I was like, okay, it's just Kareem being Kareem. I saw the headline. I saw the quote. I didn't really look too far into it until I decided I would talk about it on this show. And at first it was like, man, can you just leave Kyrie Irving alone? So Kareem decides, I see this quote basically calling Kyrie a buffoon. What could lead him? Why? Why is he doing that right now? Why would he do that? The NBA's all-time leading scorer decided to weigh weigh in on Kyrie because, and this is where it gets bad, Kyrie Irving decided he was going to post, repost, an Alex Jones video from 2002 purporting to claim that things like COVID were planted by the government, that plagues would be planted intentionally for financial gain. And I believe the comment on top was someone saw it before everyone else or something to that degree. Basically praising Alex Jones for spreading disinformation. As a quick aside, disinformation, misinformation, very nuanced. One is intentional, misleading. The other one is not. Kyrie, though, you can't do that. At this point, we, baby, what are you doing? I was so ready to defend you, like, oh, you know, Kyrie, he doesn't mean any harm. He's a man that's just trying to be, you know, in tune with the universe. He's a little offbeat. He's marching to the beat of his own drum. He wants to be an activist. Why is Kareem getting all over Kyrie? You know what? I agree. I agree with Kareem. This is the full quote. Kyrie Irving would be dismissed as a comical buffoon if it weren't for his influence over young people who look up to athletes. How much influence does Kyrie have over like a nine-year-old right now, truthfully, as an aside? When I look at some of the athletes who have used their status to actually improve society, Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Billie Jean King, Arthur Ashe, and more, when you create a list, by the way, of like seven, you don't need to say it more. It's really just like LeBron, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, and more. It becomes clear, moving on, it becomes clear how much Irving has tarnished the reputations of all athletes who strive to be seen as more than dumb jocks. Kareem then, I mean, actually, I don't necessarily agree with that full quote, but he then goes on to say, Alex Jones is one of the most despicable human beings on earth. And when you share his video, you share his stench. That part. That part. Alex Jones is a scumbag. I think that's pretty much, I don't want to say words like scumbag anymore, but if there was someone who would fall under that umbrella, it would be Alex Jones. He's very harmful. He's very dangerous. He has a massive platform. He gets people to buy into his lies in order for them to do whatever he wants to do so he can make hundreds of millions of dollars. Kyrie, stop it. We can't have people 
out here. This is like part of the flat earth thing. Like Kyrie is a conspiracy theorist. And he's not smart enough or well-researched enough to be able to be spouting things. It's him and Joe Rogan and all these bros that have just enough information to be dangerous. You're too good with the basketball to be, like, supporting Alex Jones. That's pretty much it. You are too good with the rock to be spreading that bullshit. It makes it almost impossible to cheer for you. No wonder, no wonder the L.A. Lakers say that you are no longer in their long-term plans. Moving on to that now. Apparently someone in the Lakers organization is peddling the idea that they are not interested in Kyrie Irving long-term. Next season. The Athletic reported an anonymous source declared that Kyrie is, quote, not in the Lakers' long-term plans. Outside of this Alex Jones nonsense, does anyone really believe that? Does anyone who's watched... Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder, Patrick Beverly. Is there another point guard I'm missing? Austin Reeves. Believe that any of those guys are even on the same planet or flat earth as Kyrie Irving. No shot. A team that gave up their half their team to bring on Russell Westbrook, you don't think that they want Kyrie Irving just for free agency, just to pay him the money? No picks, no assets, no, we're good. Are you serious? That is such a lie. That's maybe one of the most blatantly obvious lies I've seen from the Lakers in a long time outside of the fact that they said, I don't know, we're not shopping Russ, which is also a lie. And if, as you've seen this article, just keep in mind that LeBron James has also seen this article and probably walked immediately into Jeannie Buss's office and said, hey, um, do you see this? What's your thoughts on the fact that we are not interested in Kyrie long-term? Because I, personally, LeBron James, very interested in Le- like Kyrie long-term. We've won a title together. We had many good years. We went to multiple finals. Uh, he's the only guy I got a, a, a ring with in Cleveland. So, I mean, what, what's that? And she's probably stammering, and she's probably backpedaling, and she's probably saying, whatever you want, we will do. And that is the way that it is in LeBron James' business. Very suspect information. Not sure why it's coming out now. Where could this sourcing be coming from? Well, probably someone who wants to assert themselves as being in charge or powerful or a decision maker. It has come to my attention. There are new players involved in the collaborative process within the Lakers organization. Joey and Jesse Buss? Has anyone heard those names in like 15 years since the last time they staged a coup to try to get rid of Jeannie Buss? I thought that they were out like trout, but they are now, according to this athletic article, a, an integrative, an integral part of the decision-making process. So if it was me who just got a powerful new role, maybe I would pull up my Rolodex and call a reporter, start leaking some shit. We're not interested in that flat earther Kyrie Irving. He's not in our plans. It's like, hmm. And if it is Rob Palinka, which it could be, GM of the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, he's just continuously a liar. So I, I don't know. He's an agent. That's what they do. That's all, that's all they do is lie. He said, oh, yeah, uh, Frank Vogel won't be fired. We're not shopping Russell Westbrook. He's gone on and on. Oh, Anthony Davis is going to be healthy for the postseason. Anthony Davis is healthy right now. We're committed to Kyle Kuzma. There's been so many things. Don't believe anything coming out of Los Angeles. 
I mean, it's all smoke and mirrors and spin and PR. This is what they do. And the thing that I don't understand is they think they're good at it. Like, they think that they are good at these, like, very non-believable lies. We all know you want Kyrie. LeBron wants Kyrie. Kyrie wants to be in L.A. There's no reason to refute that nine months before any decisions need to be taking place. They think they're sneaky. With AD also saying he wants to play 82 games this season, and then he's immediately listed as as doubtful or probable for the preseason game, it's like, bruh, you, you have to be completely in. All the Russell Westbrook drama, Darvin Ham's trying to bring discipline to this franchise, they say. It's going to be very long. It's going to be a very fascinating season. some shorter quick little news bites uh just to kind of like keep you updated on what's happening around the league uh we talked last episode about how good zion looks christian clark of the times picayune maybe my favorite newspaper in america just because you get to say picayune might have given us an extra reason of why zion seems extra motivated in being skinny. $139 million, $193 million deal, right? With massive incentives. So what are these incentives? We finally know. If he wins any of these accolades, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, or is a first-team All-Star this year, first-team All-NBA, excuse me, he is due to receive... $38 million more. $38 million. 38 million reasons to be in shape and to ball out and to be completely healthy. I would definitely hire a nutritionist if $30 million, $38 million was on the line. What does that mean? I think that means Zion is going to be an absolute wrecking ball and they are going to be the team, the team in the West to watch this year. Speaking of extensions, Tyler Hero, we talked about that last uh, episode, but we now know what his extension looks like. Tyler Hero, four years, $120 million, $10 million in incentives, right around $32.5 million per year. Remember, he said last week, there are players across the league who have gotten paid who I know I am better than. So it's got to be the right number. Well, he's making more than Jalen Brunson right now. He's making more than Anthony Simons right now. Apparently the right number for him, $32.5 million. Seems like the right number. Also, less than he would hope. Also, a lot more than I thought he was worth. I thought he was like 28, 29. And what's $3.5 million when the cap is as big as it is? But still, at least he's no longer going to be a part of these trade rumors. Wonder what that means now, though, for Michigan player. Duncan Robinson, who's just sitting there on the bench making, I think, $16 million per year. That was a bad signing. That was a really bad signing. So, speaking of trade rumors, nobody has been in more trade rumors outside of Miles Turner than Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes in Sacramento. Rumored to be traded to 10 teams, 11 teams maybe, over the last two years. 
which is why when he was asked what it's like to be constantly looking over his shoulder, he gave a refreshingly honest answer. Barnes said, you know the NBA. I check Woj, I check Shams. They've still got me here. So as far as I'm concerned, this is where I'm supposed to be, and I'm going to give it my best effort. So it's pretty incredible to hear that these NBA players literally don't hear news any earlier than us. Like, we get the news the very first moment we can have it. And that's why you have to have them on notifications. But it's nice to know that Harrison Barnes is checking for the Woj bomb to see his name. And also, on a very separate side note, could you imagine if you had been fired and it happened on Twitter? Like, you find out on Twitter, hey, come into my office. Nope, you don't get that. You get, uh, it's been reported that Trista Crick has been uh, removed from the heat check uh, starting now. It's so wild. It's been reported that Trista has been traded to iHeartRadio. Like, okay, uh, where, where, where am I going? Also, quickly, Giannis. Giannis is a dark dude. As, as, as like a sunny of a disposition that he has, and as funny as he is, and all these dad jokes, he likes dark movies. Disney Plus movie Rise was made about his upbringing. His criticism. It wasn't dark enough. What? I, was, I, I immediately said to myself, well, I need to know. How dark was it? Like, what was the darkest moment? I need to go to Milwaukee and ask, like, what was the darkest moment of your upbringing? Because obviously you wanted it out there. You didn't want the whitewashed Wonder Bread version out there. You wanted to put all of the grit and all of the grime, but... I also went down a rabbit hole recently about why trauma is something that people keep writing about and putting out in films. It's very weird. Every book I tried to, to buy from the bookstore the other day, all centered around a dark past comes bubbling up that they must confront. It's like, no. Anyway, his biggest hurdle, Mama Antetokounmpo also didn't think that the movie was dark enough or true enough to reality. She was mad it wasn't more realistic. Did anybody tell them they could have done this with, like, HBO Max? Like, it didn't need to be Disney+. Plus. <laughs> like, I promise you HBO Max would have done that deal. It would have been like, all right, we're putting out House of Dragons, and then uh, a season before that we're putting out, it's not called Rise, it's called, like, Stay Down. <laughs> I don't know. He's happy that the kids are responding to his life story, but he cannot wait, he says, uh, for a movie about his life that will be more dark because he said it will be more accurate that way. I need to know what happened. I need to know what happened. I know she was selling, his mom was selling like DVDs in Greece. I need to know. Moving on. Reports hit the wires that Shaq is currently interesting, interested in becoming a part of the new ownership group of the Phoenix Suns. Shaq wants to buy the Suns. Wasn't he there for like a season? He was the big cactus, big cacti, and then he was something else. He went somewhere else pretty quickly after that when he went to the Heat. I mean, he has no real connection to Phoenix, especially considering that he shares a set with someone who is Mr. Phoenix Suns in Charles Barkley. So to me, it feels very petty. It feels like he wants to own it and have that to lure over Charles Barkley on TNT, really, just so he can make fun of him on TNT. Apparently, he wants to get into business with Jeff Bezos, who is now rumored to be kicking the tires on the Suns. 
I don't want Jeff Bezos owning an NBA team. I don't. He owns too many things. He just does. I don't want him owning every facet of my life. I went to a grocery store today. It was an Amazon grocery store. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen. You just scan a code, you put groceries in the bag, and you leave. They don't even check you out. How do they know? They've got cameras. They've got weight markers. They correspond the weights to the foods. How do they know? How do they know? How do they get it all right? What if they overcharge me? What if they accuse me of stealing when I didn't? All these things. Scary. Amazon Jeff Bezos is a scary dude. What's he going to do inside of, a, of an arena? Who knows? Really interesting. But the league does need Shaq as an owner. I, I would like that. So here's a question. What NBA player can guard positions one through five? I think the list is pretty short, right? You've got probably Bam Adebayo. You've got, well, let's actually ask Bam Adebayo who he thinks uh, can do that. He has his own ideas. This is what Bam said. He says it's me, Draymond, and Giannis. Three guys who can literally guard one through five and be effective. So he leaves off Ben Simmons who played one and now is going to play five, so you would imagine he could probably guard two, three, and four. LeBron James? He just leaves LeBron James off. I think he can guard one through five. I think he's pretty effective at that. Hmm. Who am I missing? Kevin Durant? Can Kevin Durant guard one through five? He can guard maybe two, one and a half through five, like a big point guard. Who am I missing? Are there any players with the length and the agility Jason Tatum, could he play? Could he guard one through five? I'm just throwing these names out here now. Length, agility to defend all positions, and strength to be able to take a bruising down low in the post. I'd like to know. Let me know what you guys think either in the comment section, hit me up on Twitter. Am I missing anyone? Latest trade rumor, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner to the Lakers for both of their first-round picks. This has been going on for forever. I'm done. I'm done with this Indiana Pacers-Lakers trade. Like, either do it or don't do it. I don't want to hear any more about Buddy Heel being in purple and gold, which will be an absolute nightmare of a scenario if it happens. I don't want to hear any more about Miles Turner being traded. Like, no more rumors. These are just – this is the biggest tease. It's been going on for, like, four years. Even when Buddy Heel was in Sacramento, we've been hearing about all of these guys being traded. I'm done. Zach Lowe reports, my best intel right now is if the Lakers called Indiana right now and said both picks unprotected, the Pacers would do that deal. I mean, yeah, two first-round picks for guys that you don't like. Like, they don't like either one of them. Yes, of course that deal is going to happen if you offer them your 25 and 27 first-round picks, which LeBron James will be as old as dust by then, and so this team will be nowhere. And Anthony Davis will probably be retired by 2027. Of course. Of course they're going to do it. Will the Lakers do it? That's the question. All right. Uh, Steve, someone asked Steve Nash about Ben Simmons' free throw woes. And he said, I believe in Ben as a free throw shooter. That's really nice to hear, Steve. I'm glad you believe in him. What's he supposed to say? What Doc Rivers said? I mean, then, then they've got to deal with, like, Ben never coming back to the team. You can't levy one bit of criticism 
on Ben Simmons if you're the coach publicly without him deciding he needs another back surgery. Like, that's just facts. The last time we saw Ben Simmons, he shot 34% from the line in the playoffs over 12 games. That was a point guard at that point, shooting 34% from the free throw line. I mean, what is he supposed to say, I guess? Like, I don't believe in Ben. I pray he never gets fouled. That's why we don't want the ball in his hands. Like, he's going to pass every time he has the ball. Like, that's why I said he doesn't, I don't want him shooting jump shots because, God forbid, I have to have him shoot three free throws. Like, what is he going to say? I plan on benching him in the fourth quarter. Don't worry. Like, everything's fine. Like, if, if Steve Nash knew how to manage his rotations, that's what he would do. Ben Simmons out there, quarters one, two, and three. Quarters one and three when the pressure is the, le- the least. Of course you got to say that. It's just like Steve Nash is, is maybe the worst, maybe the worst coach in the NBA right now. And that's saying a lot because Steve Clifford's back, folks. Also, Rachel Nichols, she's back, folks. She, uh, the coast is clear for Rachel Nichols, given the fact that the world has turned their attention on spewing venom at Malika Andrews. So now Rachel Nichols comes from the clouds and announces she's now with Showtime Sports. She gave her first interview with the All the Smoke guys. She went through her entire point of view over why she was ousted or pushed out from ESPN. Listen, I like people getting a second chance. But if I am if I am Matt Barnes and Jack, we're not putting out that promo right now. We have, we have the entire world going after Malika and questioning her blackness. We can't have, and we were connected in the Rachel Nichols saga as the only people of color that she would put on her show were us. We can't, we can't promote her coming back right now. We got to push this announcement, dog. A week, maybe nine days. This can't be, we can't be connected to this. We got to re, we got to reshoot this. This is like the day after Malika's Andrews got destroyed by Twitter. People being like, bring Rachel Nichols back. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm back. Like, no, we can't have that. We can't have that. That just shows you the one day you're on the spit. Next, you're part of the fire. She turned in, just really landed on her feet, Rachel Nichols. Shocking. Shocking Rachel Nichols is, uh, is resilient. I'll just say that. Moving forward, Chet Holmgren. Poor, poor Chet Holmgren. On the day the preseason began, he tweeted this. It was like one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. All caps, I want to hoop. Damn. Damn. I want to see you hoop too, Chet Holmgren. Reports say that he's reached out to Joel Embiid for advice on what it's like to miss his entire rookie year. He said, I briefly spoke to Joel on what his experience was like and talked to one of his trainers a little bit and got some kind words of advice. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Also, how come he didn't contact Ben Simmons? He missed his whole rookie year, too. It's weird. Really quick aside, did you guys see that um, that Instagram photo? And it was uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Ben. And Ben was just, like, on the left side of the photo, and he's, like, looking at 
he's like looking at Kai and Katie, and they're like looking at only each other, like just icing them out of the photo, like just turning their entire shoulder, like who invited this guy? Who invited this guy? Who is this guy? He's like the PR guy off to the side, like the agent. Not involved in the conversation in any way, just eating pizza. Anyway, back to Chet Holmgren. I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him back. Finally, in uh, my tweet of the week, we get to see James Wiseman not only ball out to the tune of 20 points, 9 rebounds, which is also, I actually don't know which is more surprising. Ben Simmons being, or uh, James Wiseman, excuse me, being fully healthy and dominant, or James Wiseman to decide in Japan to go in full samurai gear and use a samurai sword to drop, drop a bamboo target in half. James Wiseman in a samurai suit with a samurai sword in Japan. It's like Tom Cruise, the last samurai. It's James Wiseman. I think if there's one guy, though, because he's had so many injuries, if there's one guy, if I'm the, the Golden State Warriors, I don't want to be wielding one of the most sharp swords on earth. It's like, oh, yeah, we're giving you Valerian steel, a Valerian steel sword and a dragon. There you go, James Wiseman. Play, play Game of Thrones. It's like, no, I don't want James Wiseman like cosplaying anything that could lead him to get injured again even a flesh wound because you know like James Wiseman would get a flesh wound and then it would ultimately get infected and then he would probably end up losing a limb because like that's how bad of luck that he has it'd be like you remember when James Wiseman lost from his elbow to his hand because he accidentally cut himself with a samurai sword on a PR trip during training camp to Japan that shit was crazy. What could have been if James Wisen wasn't messing around trying to play samurai? Do you guys remember when Jaguars kicker Chris Hansen ended his season by hitting himself in the leg with an axe, trying to chop wood in the locker room? Like, that's what I imagine happening to James Wiseman. Like, just James Wiseman out for the year, doo-doo, and then you have to go to, like, nba.com slash injuries, and it's like, James Wiseman, out designation, samurai sword, flesh wound. That's what it is. What a piece of memorabilia that was. We can only hope there will not be a samurai sword sitting inside of one of Lacob's offices or one of James Wiseman's locker in the future. Don't want to see that. Short episode, not a lot of stuff happening in the NBA, but that is all the time that we have for the heat check. We will be back Thursday, Friday. We'll be back Friday with a new episode. Please check out the feed for past episodes of the offseason as we get you ready for the 2022-2023 season. Do not forget to download. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. And follow us on social at, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok.